ITLK. Boss FM Talk. Ain't no stopping us. Very black. That's what I'm talking about. Big up. La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is Unmuted Nation with Alex Hayes. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is Boss FM. Hello and welcome to Tuesday. I'm Alex Haynes and this is Unmuted Nation and uh, I'm happy to be with you for the first time this week. Uh, so much, uh, as you know, we don't start the nation without a, uh, had a word, I'll say boatload of topics. And so what's happening today, uh, is what happens every day. If you're listening for the first time, welcome to the nation. If you're listening live, do this for me. Share, uh, exactly where you're listening this like right now this is a live show so if you are listening share it with your friends family co-workers the uh, the people in your team's chat on slack uh, let them know that unmuted nation is live right now if you are listening on the podcast i want you to do the same thing share this podcast uh and tell them why you listen uh, you know the nation grows when you are a part of what we do and you share uh, the content, because these conversations begin uh, with me and you. Uh, we go where we go, and then you take it back to your family and your friends, and you really make the difference on uh, how these conversations continue to flourish and move throughout our community. All right, my number one eight four four unmuted. That's one eight four four eight six six eight eight three three unmuted nation on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, trending this morning: Lee Daniels inking an overall deal with Twentieth Television. Uh, well, I'll tell you about that coming up Idris Elba is revealing his start date for an upcoming movie but most important today is uh, the anniversary unfortunately of the death of George Floyd okay we'll talk about the aftermath what's happened in this country what's changed and what's not changing you know what is the opposite why the opposition and uh, what is the issue like what's 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 the issue you know post judge george floyd we've seen uh, a number of things ranging from issues with the truth about how this country was founded with the 1619 project of uh, the backlash that nicole hannah jones uh the the uh, orator and creator of that publication and the driver of that conversation that she's faced and um, the the backlash that's come just because uh, of uh the proposed reckoning of truth. Um, U.S. job openings are soaring, but I've got details uh, on uh, the unrest in, in our country and how uh, we play a part in what's happening. Um, it's uh, there's just there's just a lot, you know. So I'm hitting it all for you, and I'm jumping into it um, with uh, so much. I mean. It's a wide range in a day, and I'm coming off of a long weekend. We're going into another long weekend, so I'm packing everything that I can for you into this week. So stay with me. Don't go anywhere. I'm back with you in six minutes on the only, uh, well, your, your, your favorite, okay? <laughs> Number one, uh, black news channel, Boss FM Talk, you and our one. I'm back with you in six minutes. Call the nation. 1-844-UNMUTED. That's 1-844-866-8833. Welcome back to Unmuted Nation. Let's take a look at what's happening uh, in our in our community. And, and not just, you know, for us, but around us. Uh, if you have been checked out like I have, uh, there are some things going on. And, you know, I, I, the most common question that I'm experiencing and, and people... Uh, 
two two scenarios, right? So the city's opening back up. I know your your locality, unless you're in Atlanta, you've been open, and nothing is different. Um, when I talk to my friends from Atlanta, family from Atlanta, I don't get this question. When I talk to my friends from LA, from London, from other parts of the country that have been affected by this pandemic, or my friends from around the city, around from New York City, uh, you know, the question when they see me at first is like, "What is going on?" Like. In real life, what is going on At, to, to that to that end? I I I think I've been just functioning. I had no clue that it was May twenty fifth. Right, I honestly felt like we were just about to head into March. I don't know where we're we are halfway to we're almost at Christmas. In six months, it'll be Christmas. Like it's it's May twenty fifth. You go sit anyway. Um, so, so most people are like you know. What is going on? The nothing is as it seems, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there with you, and I'm actually going to agree with you. I wanted to share. Um, I saw an interesting story this morning, and I'm, if there's no secret that I do not like, you know, shady black media. Uh, or oh, let me say this: I don't like uh, I don't like blogs masquerading as, as journalism, right? I do think that you can add flavors to journalism, and that you can report the facts in a way uh, that is not, you know, conducive to other people receiving it or you know it, it in, in a way that relates to people uh and i think that this publication does that um very well uh, michael harriet he's a uh a writer for the root uh gives very very good candid insight uh and just fa- like he will sometimes wrap his opinion in in, in these facts but i want to tell you about an article uh that he, that was re- released this morning about how businesses responded to the out of the unrest last year. So you remember, I remember all of the unrest that happened after George Floyd. People were upset. Companies were pledging that, you know, we're going to donate all this money. I think up to $50 billion companies have, have donated. I'm not going to jump into it now, but I'll just tell you that. I'll tell you this. They haven't done that. The outrage surrounding what's happening, um, with <laughs> Nicole Hannah Jones and uh, the 1619 project coming up uh later in the hour as well. For now, I want to focus on uh some things that we've been discussing this past week. Uh, also, if you've been following um Saturday Night Live, they had their finale over the weekend. Lil Nas X uh gave the performance, I would say probably of of the year. I I you know, and I, I talked to friends. I think SNL is something that you emerge into, right? So I don't think that uh, no one comes out thinking that it's funny. I don't think that uh, you think it's funny when you're a young, um, even a, even the most woke or intelligent or aware teenagers. Some of these jokes are going to go over your head. You're not going to really know um, unless you're immersed in the news of the week. And I'm not talking about the shade room. I'm talking about politics and world news and things that are affecting climates and uh, communities and business and all of these things uh but they've had some really lackluster performances uh, Nas took to the stage he performed twice over the weekend uh he slid down that pole but I will say that he owned his performance in a way that I don't think we've seen um not I'll say this two two ways 
that I don't think that we've seen people own their performances this way at all. But I, I don't think I don't think that we've seen artists own their truth in this way. Uh, you know, there's no question that uh, homophobia has has been a huge issue not only in this country but in black culture and so while there are most likely you know a multitude of artists that uh, identify with lgbtqia plus lnopqrsuv culture um let's be honest a lot of them aren't comfortable they don't bring it to the stage Nas brought it to the stage his pants ripped you know another man licked his neck on stage like all of this is happening on live tv and i'm watching i'm watching um (laughs) and i think it was amazing i think that that's the type of liberation that um generations have have asked for and in some instances it's here and in that same token i don't feel like uh we're progressing the way that uh people would hope we would be progressing in this country i also have this theory that the american or the america project may have failed um anyway i'll jump into things that matter and you know the news is so scarce right now there's not a like it's going to get really exciting over the summer as these mayoral races start to uh happen and you start to see uh different candidates running there's huge races happening in uh the city of atlanta new york city has a large uh mayoral race happening as well we're following those details but you know the excitement is going to head into the midterms in the in 2022 and we'll be following that um as well all right so jumping into uh, some of the latest headlines, of course, we are uh, reflecting on just one year since George Floyd uh, has passed away in America says it's changed but what's really changed is black america right uh black people were the ones that were sort of the most mobilized to learn more to pay more attention and to take action in their own lives i think um and these this is even from pew research center uh coming out with a, a senior researcher has said that black people have been able been been required to pay more attention to laws and legislation which has been frustrating for the leaders of this nation um uh, this time last year, a man unknown to most around the world uh, w- was not a hashtag. Hours from now, millions would watch a video played countless times over the course of a year, horrified to see a police officer press his knee into the man's neck for nine and a half minutes, killing him. So, you know, while the world changed on that day, uh, we've seen so many changes within our community and so many changes uh, that have not happened in communities that needed that change. Um, Cedric Richmond, director of uh, the White House Office of Public Engagement, said it was an inflection moment to take a hard look at ourselves, and it was something I think most Americans were not proud of and alarmed by. Very well said, black man. I think that uh, people were alarmed by it with no true motivation to change it because it didn't happen to them. And unfortunately, over and over, we've lived in this nation that people don't take things seriously unless they can identify with them. Now, if you're somebody that doesn't agree with me on that statement, I 
think what happens is let me take George Floyd out of it and give you a, another real world scenario to look at. You don't understand. There are people that don't understand, and I, I often allude to this, not just on this show, but in general, that people are more so freed by understanding people around them. So while you may not agree with something, or you may have been raised a certain way, or you've been taught about a certain lifestyle, or a certain religion, or certain things that you don't believe in, or certain things that you will not yield even your mind to be able to understand you were taught one way your way is the right way uh, and you have had limited exposure there's no way that you're going to come out of that the moment that you expand your uh, realm of influence and and how you think of the world your worldview the moment that you put effort into expounding what that is so you know Pew Research another a great source that I'd like to go to just for information on, on data and facts about life and, 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 and people in, in not just in, in this nation but around the world uh, I think what happens is once you start to focus or learn explain your, your world view 70% of people in America have never been more than 50 miles away from where they live. If that is you, you have a very, and it's going to hurt right now. You're going to be like, Alex, you don't know what the hell you talking about. I follow these people on Instagram. I've seen this on the internet. I've been to school. I've done some research, but you haven't lived it. You have read it. You got a con, you, you've tried to conceptualize it, but you don't really know because you haven't experienced it. If you haven't gone anywhere, you haven't seen anything, right? So someone that has had more uh, lim- limited experiences they, uh, t- to you, and you know, the argument goes like based on life experience, people that are senior in age or elders in, in our, our community, we look to them for guidance because they've been here longer, right? But you also look to people that have had more experience than you. They've gone more places. They've done more things. And so there's... It, it, it's very, very minuscule and remedial to believe that your world experience or your limited view of the world is how the world is. Um, I use create, and I'm gonna go back to my point about George Floyd, but rock with me for a second. I use Christianity. I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, within Christianity, you, you become a Christian on your own. So it's not something that happens. Uh, you're not born into it. You have to actually confess this and say that you believe this. But if you are only in a Christian environment, you're taught the Christian way, the American Christian way, maybe, or the black American Christian way, right? It may be different 50 miles away. But for you to believe that because of the way that you were taught, that it's the only way and, and people that are 3,000 miles away, maybe in a different country, that have never heard of American Christianity, they've never heard of this American Jesus, to think that they would not have some sort of eternal life or afterlife or purpose for living outside of what yours is, young church lady, or um, it, it's kind of remedial, right? And so to think that people can read about what's happened in the black community or what happens to black children or parents prepping their black children about how to interact with the police and what to say and what to do and how to to think that you can understand that or conceptualize that without living that experience is also remedial you know there's not a lot of substance there so part of the reason that and we're going to go through this data we're going to find that people uh really 
aren't about that life uh, as they thought they were right you know from supporting Juneteenth or supporting the support for Black Lives Matter has waned uh, since the George Floyd unrest since the protest and could that be the narrative that's shopped by America or is that the narr- narrative shopped by um, a certain faction of Americans right it's a deep seated conversation that is interesting for me to have by myself the reason I can have it with you is because I've had it internally and I have it internally over and over and over again and things that I want to say behind this mic I can't say because you know I want to keep talking to you but I I don't deserve anything though so I will continue this conversation we're going to jump into more of this I got to take a quick break that was a lot but we'll come back we'll we'll talk we'll finish this this uh, discussion on the George Floyd aftermath and what's happened and then we'll jump into uh, the headlines of the day stick with me it's 844 unmuted 844-866-8833 unmuted nation on twitter and instagram I'm Alex Haynes this is Boss FM Talk UNR1 I'm back with you in six minutes welcome back to unmuted nation man you know sometimes and you know it's good Unlike your other podcast friends and your people that are doing their podcasts and they're working, I do this every day and I'm used to doing live. So you, you're getting unrehearsed, unscripted. This is how I'm feeling and this is what's going on. And the George Floyd, uh, aftermath is very heavy. It's very hard to deal with. You know, statistics are saying that one in, in, in three People felt they were affected by the George Floyd protest in some way. Uh, however, now a recent poll shows that 75% of Americans believe that America is a racist country. 40 years ago, less than 43% of Americans felt the same. So, um, are, <laughs> are people waking up to it? Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, it's, it's again, and I talked about experience and I'm, I'm not going to harp on that because I want you to really think about, uh, what I said and how I packaged it. Uh, and if anything, if you find yourself questioning the truth of other people, especially when you have never experienced it, my charge to you is go do something that you've never done before. Okay. So if you listen to black people, and t- they tell you that their their experiences with the police or the anxiety that they feel when they encounter police officers and you don't believe that to be so find you a black friend make you a black friend and offer to ride with them for six months I'm not sure I, understand. I wasn't talking to you Siri uh you know what I think that was my sign to, to keep it moving that's if you don't have that new series my, my series now black man but um I'm it's difficult, right? It, it's, it's, it is, it is difficult. Uh, it is not easy to discuss. Uh, it's easier to discuss amongst, uh, your own community, but even within the black community, there's not agreement. Now, I don't think that people should always agree. I also don't believe that, I don't believe in having conversations with people that don't have information, right? So let me, let me change that. I, that's not what I meant. I do believe in having conversations with people don't have information. I do not believe in having debates with people that do not have factual information. Uh, I don't want to have an opinion debate with people because 
I don't believe in trying to change. That's that's why I think the root of most arguments. I don't want to argue. I don't like arguing unless we're talking um, interpretation of facts, right? So unless you know statistically some facts, you have a good gauge what you feel and what you think, and then you can you can't generalize black people. I, one thing I used to shut down all the time, especially as my black ass. I grew up. I was born into you know an urban community. I grew up in a very uh, middle to upper class predominantly white community uh where a lot of black people felt like they did they weren't wholly black or that black people didn't totally totally uh respect them or understand their experience or you know uh they got called things like oreo and i used to tell those black people specifically that would become white adjacent and disconnect from black people uh citing black oppression this uh if you do it and you're black then black people do it and i think that's literally that right if you're black that's something that you bring into that you bring yourself to blackness and um that's important president joe Biden will mark the first anniversary of george floyd's murder tuesday with a private oval uh, office meeting with members of floyd's family as congressional negotiators seek a deal on the bill named after floyd aimed at reforming policing practices across the nation so that's scheduled to happen today uh, it has not happened yet as we do know the bill is stalled biden said last month that he hoped to mark this day uh, with legislation, but the, it, it remains stalled in the Senate as Republicans and Democrats try to hammer out and compromise on its provisions. White House officials have said that they hope the meeting today will keep the momentum going. Biden met with the Floyd family after the killing when he was a presidential candidate and has spoken multiple times with them, including in a call moments after a former Minneapolis police officer, Derek Chauvin, uh, was found guilty last month of Floyd's murder. Biden has talked about how he was personally affected by the killing and the widespread demonstrations calling for police reform and an end to systemic racism. I, don't, I think we should stop calling for that. That's not popular. Y'all are not going to pat. No one's patting me on the back and nobody's giving me an, a medal for saying that. So the, you cannot call for a stop to systemic racism or a, a, a stop to systemic anything unless you're changing the system. Unless you're going to reform the system, there will be no change. There will be no reformation. There will be no, there, it, that's, it's just not going to happen. So we'll follow that. Um, Republicans and Democrats on the Hill have said they are optimistic that a police reform bill will be passed soon. Senator Tim Scott, uh, who's a Republican, a black, the only black male Republican senator, um, uh, he's only also the only black male in the Senate right now. The only black. No, 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 he's not. I'm sorry. Cory Booker is there. Forgive me. Um, he's been leading negotiations from for Republicans in the Senate. He indicated that there was a deal near, uh, and he says that we can see the end of the tunnel. I'm not holding my breath. The bill would bar the use of chokeholds, ban no-knock warrants in federal drug cases, and create a national police misconduct registry, among other provisions. Scott, who is the only black Republican senator, like I said, uh says that the deal will not be announced this weekend but they're starting to see a frame um senator cory booker who's a democrat from new jersey said he anticipates it will be weeks not months before legislation is passed 
Uh, he told CBS this morning, uh, we want to get this deal right and not quick. And I'm very encouraged. Following that story and developments, uh, how are you celebrating or thinking about or lamenting George Floyd or the aftermath or black people in your community that are under attack? I want to hear from you. 844-866-8833, Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. I'm coming back and we'll tell you, uh, where the curfews are, in, are ending, uh, what's opening up. And uh, the latest on not just what's happening with COVID in your community, uh, but the latest of what's happening in our community. Uh, I was going to talk about that crazy lady, Taylor Green, but uh, she's not giving my airtime today. Stick with me. I got more of the nation. Welcome back to Unmuted Nation. Uh, Alex Hayes, if you're just tuning in, uh, I say it all the time. I want you to do this. Share this feed. If you're listening live, share the Boss FM radio app or whatever radio station you're listening to. Share that. If you are listening on the podcast, share it. Uh, I don't care what podcast platform. Um, they all get back to this conversation. And that's most important that we keep this going. Okay. Um, there is an uptick of uh, attacks. Okay, uh, on races, specific, like we saw the uptick in Asian American attacks. We saw the uptick, uh, obviously, on attacks on the black community. Now we're seeing upticks or anti-Semitic attacks on Jewish Americans. Uh, well, a, a couple in New York City over the weekend, another in Los Angeles. Um, and the question I have for you, what is causing this? Where is it coming from? Is this being provoked? Um, do you understand what's happening? Uh, and uh, are these attacks based in racism? You know, the same question that we ask um, on, yeah, or that's asked to black people. Now, why do you think it's racially motivated? Why is everything racially motivated? I think it's fair to ask that question as well. It's not popular. It's not acceptable. It's not something that, um, we, <laughs> that, that, that I, I, I mean, I'm not being anti-Semitic and I'm not being anti-Asian. I'm asking the question, how can we be sure? And I'm asking the question because we are asked the question. All right, I'm going to leave it there before I step in something that I, I shouldn't. Moderna is now saying that the vaccine, uh, their vaccine is safe and highly effective in kids ages 12 to 12, 17. Uh, I know that a lot of parents, school systems across the nation are discussing opening back without a remote option next year. That means a year and a half of remote school, your child ain't learned nothing, take that the ass back to the building. But children haven't been able to get the vaccine and are still susceptible to contracting COVID-19. Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine uh, is safe and highly effective in children ages 12 to 17. The company said it would be the second COVID-19 vaccine available for the age group if it is authorized for use in addition to the Pfizer BioNTech Bio uh, vaccine. Now, uh, two options would increase the supply and choices of vaccine available to younger people. Um, and that is Dr. Richard Besser, who's the president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the former acting director of the CDC. Uh, the Moderna vaccine, vaccine is given as two doses, four weeks apart. Moderna said it's phase two, three, uh, clinical trial concluded, um, and included more than three 
1,700 participants, half of whom received the vaccine and half of whom received a placebo. The company said there were four cases of COVID-19 among the placebo group starting two weeks after second doses were administered, compared with none in the vaccine group, meaning the vaccine was 100% effective. When the company looked for milder cases of COVID-19 after just the first dose, the vaccine was shown to be 93% effective against any infection, not just symptomatic illness. Uh, Moderna CEO Stephane Bancel said in a statement, we are encouraged that the vaccine was highly effective at preventing COVID-19 in adolescents. It is particularly exciting to see that the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine can prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection. Side effects were generally mild or moderate. The company said most commonly arm pain and the second after the second dose, uh, headache, fatigue, muscle aches, and mild chills. Moderna plans to submit the findings to the the FDA in early June, and uh, we'll see. Uh, We'll follow that story for you and let you know when your children can get vaccinated so you can be confident that you can send their asses back to the schoolhouse. Okay. (laughs) Um, Development... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on edge on, on what I covered today because I think that people are on edge. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, a class that was taught at a New York prep school that left students and parents baffled. I want your thoughts on this. It's coming up in the next hour. Parents, listen up. Uh, aunties, uncles, do you send your child to school to learn about sex? The question, that's a fair question because sex ed, uh, in most areas, uh, most districts, uh, is introduced, not, you know, on the adult level, but introduced about the body parts and the proper terminology and what to call it when you see it in fourth grade. But a porn literacy class, uh, has been taught at a New York prep school and, uh, there's some outrage about it. I'm telling you about that coming up in the next hour. Sex is one thing, but porn, I don't know. I don't know. I want your thoughts. We'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. And I'm not going to leave you hanging. Uh, we'll continue to talk about uh, the allies. I told you at the beginning of the hour that uh, we've got the numbers on companies that committed to black lives. And, and uh, what do you call that? Diversity <laughs> and inclusion and uh, changes in the workplace. How many of those actually committed to that? I'll tell you about that. The Texas governor announces his intention to sign a bill that would prevent cities from defunding the police. I'll tell you more about Governor Hot Wheels when we come back. 844-866-8833. I'm Muted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Stick with me. I'm back with you at the top of the hour. Welcome back to Amita Nation, uh, and welcome to the second hour. If you're listening on the podcast, I know you are sick of me saying this, uh, but uh, you haven't done it yet. So stop what you're doing. Share this podcast. If you are listening live, I want you because you just come for the second hour. First of all, I ain't got shit to say to you. All right. I need you to show up and be on time. We do this on time. <laughs> if you're listening live, go ahead and share uh, that cast right now. Coming up in this hour, we're talking about uh, all the woke white allies. What happened to them? Michael Harrier from The Root uh, kind of lays it out. It kind of led me into and down this rabbit hole of research to find out what exactly what was going on. Uh, Texas Governor, uh, I call him Governor Hot Wheels, announces his intention to sign a bill that would prevent cities from defunding the police. Details on that coming up in this hour. Also, if you're uh, tuned into your Black News Alerts app or BlackNewsAlerts.com, 
trending this morning newly released body cam footage leads to a civil rights investigation uh in uh the ronald green murder uh details are continuing to unfold about this troubling uh experience and we'll we'll cover that as well uh i'm also we're, we're, we're talking this hour about a porn literacy class that's being taught in New a New York prep school. It leaves students and parents baffled. I got all of that coming up for you this hour on Unmuted Nation. All right. I wanted to jump into this one because it's uh, juicy. Welcome back to the nation. Uh, this story. All right. Think about this. If you're a parent, I, first of all, I'm not. And I rejoice in that all the time. I tell you that I'm a wonderful uncle. Uh, and uncles spend money too, right? I spend a lot of money. And your mama and your daddy called me, right? When they ain't got it. Which is, I, so I'm your parent, I'm parent number three. Parents fork, forking over $40,000 plus a year, uh, for their students to attend Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School were outraged after the junior class was given a porn literacy course without warning. Uh, pornography literacy and intersectional focus on mainstream porn was a course given to 120 male and female students, some in person, others by Zoom, and according to the New York Post, was taught by Justine and Font, Fonte, I'm sorry. The course was taught by, I read Justin, it says Justine, so I, I, I fumbled her entire name. Taught by Justine Ang Fonte, the health and wellness director at New York's Dalton, who says on her website that she has reveled in disrupting health education for 10 years. The presentation, some of which was seen by the Post, included images of partially nude women, some in bondage, discussions on the orgasm gaps between straight and gay women, and popular search terms on pornographic websites like Stepmom and Anal, as well as genres of porn such as Barely Legal. Um, and I'm going to pause here. Part of the reason that you pay for your children to have this abundant education that uh, exposes them to more of the world private education is supposed to do just that the miss the illusion that comes with private education is that parents get they believe that they are paying for their children to be taught what they want them to be taught and that's not how that works but y'all know that right because you're spending all that money and throwing all that money so you already i'm 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 not okay all right Another section included a lesson on the marketability of OnlyFans, an increasingly popular subscription service. Uh, Y'all know OnlyFans. Um, listen, if you subscribe to OnlyFans right now, uh, never mind, never mind. I do not want you sharing your logins. I don't, that's one thing I can't do, right? I think, you know, we've all, we've all seen or indulged in our share of porn. I don't believe in paying for the human body, though I do believe that sex workers, they should be paid legitimately for their work. So I don't believe in pirating, but I believe in free sources, right? And so you're paying somebody. Somebody's getting paid. Um, another... So anyway, OnlyFans is a whole nother discussion. We've had shows about that. We'll probably have some more, but you know, it's a, it's a, a very popular subscription service where people, mainly females, offer suggestive or pornographic photos and videos for fees. One example given for an OnlyFans creator is someone who identifies as non-binary but uses the term girl to describe themselves to help market their creator page. While parents expressed outrage after discovering details of the class, students appeared more confused by the presentation than anything else. 
One student told the post that we were supposed to answer questions about the porn stuff in the Zoom chat, but we were all side chatting in group chats and tons of kids thought it was so dumb that they sent the link to their friends all over the city and they were all longing on with the password to watch. The student's mother says she and other parents are frustrated about what's going on and the lack of a warning or chance to opt out of the class has left her wondering what else the school is up to. Multiple other parents requested materials from the porn literacy lesson from administrators but were denied. Uh, one parent asked, why is the school making porn a priority as opposed to physics, art, literature, or poetry? Your children who are brainwashed by their iPhones really don't give a damn about poetry, parent. After reports of the lesson went public and outrage increased, Dr. William M. Donahue, Columbia's head of school, sent an email to parents apologizing and admitting the lesson did not represent our philosophy. He said it was unfortunate that we did not better inform ourselves of the speaker's specific content in advance. In this case, the speaker did not align with our unique CGPS mission, and for this I apologize. Uh, I will tell you where no one was confused. Justine and Fonte is very clear on disrupting health education, and that's that's who you hired, that's who you paid, and not you know that she got a paid a grip. Now, the school says that she didn't align, or what she offered didn't. We need to get Justine. I want to talk to Justine. I want to because you go to her website. And the first thing that you see, intersectional health education. Health is the state of complete physical, emotional, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. She says she comes from a family of Philippine immigrants, and uh, she's a child of colonization, student of decolonization, and has reveled in disrupting health education for 10 years. Real talk. This is on the front page of her website, head of school. We can all learn about health. But we don't have equal access to it. Firming my pedagogy through the lens of Kimberly Crenshaw's teachings on intersectionality, I integrate how our multifaceted identities shape how we experience health. I believe it is the responsibility of comprehensive health education to be about social justice because health is a human right. Though my teaching, through my teaching, I promote agency, activate empathy, fight for equity, embrace one's authentic self, and navigate care. Sounds like an advocate for equality to me. Justine, I want you in here. That's what's happening. How would you feel if your child was in a class learning about porn uh, in 10th grade for $40,000? pretty damn good about it we've talked to sex and uh, what's happening <laughs> in your communities uh jumping back into what you know the the things that we've been discussing and uh i, I, I saw this headline before i came on air today and i know y'all be asking me stuff that I don't, I, you know, I don't care. Uh, Erica Mena has filed for divorce from Safari Samuels. Uh, somebody cares about that. I guarantee you it's not me. Uh, but I, I'll try to give you a little pop culture, uh, so that you keep your ears tuned to things that I can't. T Pain, uh, launching, um, a podcast series, uh, called Nappy Boy Radio. Happy Boy. He used to say that at the beginning of uh, uh, his tracks back in the day. I, I played a lot of T-Pain in my DJ days. And you know what? With that, I'm going to give you... He dropped something new recently 
And I'm all for the new music, right? And I don't, you know, we're, we're watching and we're waiting and we're watching and we're waiting and we're watching and we're waiting for a summer banger. I think that we're going to get more than one because we were obviously quarantined. I don't know what the summer banger was for 2020. I don't want to pretend like I know. I don't really care. People are like, well, you know, I really, my summer was lit. I know you were on them $70 flights out there dancing with the Rona. And I was like, I mean, I, I went out, right? But not like I didn't, I, I, I'm not going to say that I had a summer. Um, coming up for you after this, this, this bit, I'll tell you, uh, well, he dropped a new song with Kaylani, uh, sampling himself. Uh, it's called, I like that. I like that new T-Pain. Um, (laughs) I, listen, I'm, I, I am here for it. Okay. I'm, I'm totally here for it. Um, did you guys hear about Akon's Range Rover being stolen while he was pumping gas in Atlanta? I have, I like, I hear from, and this is the thing, right? I, I've never thought that Atlanta was a difficult place to navigate. I've never thought it was a hard place to live. Uh, I feel like, like other cities that has crime, but apparently crime is, crime is up nationwide, right? And I believe that this crime uptick, of course, uh, on one side, you're hearing the, the perpetuation of this is because we call the defund the police. Most of the places that we called for that to happen, that has not happened. So no, I will not attribute the uptick in crime to the defunding of the police. I will not do that. What I will do. Akon's Range Rover uh, was stolen while he was pumping gas in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> uh, Georgia police recovered his SUV after it was stolen Monday night from a Buckhead gas station. Representatives for the Atlanta Police Department told uh, Fox 5 Atlanta uh, that it only takes a second for someone to jump in your vehicle and take off. Police report that Akon, who's 48, was pumping gas on the passenger side of his Range Rover when someone reportedly jumped in the running automobile and sped away. So he kept it running while it was... And you know what? I I have somebody, a friend of mine, Red, I'm going to call him Red, Okay. And I remember the first time I was riding with him in Atlanta. I had to be a good slick 20. I had to be, I had, I was young. I was young. And we pull up, it was probably at a QT as well. Now at this time, gas was probably like a dollar 20. Like it was not that much. It was barely, we couldn't afford it. He pulls up. I don't need, I think you could pay the pump then. I know he paid for this gas and he started pumping it while the car was on. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, he starts pumping it and I'm like, yo, Red, what the hell are you doing? Akon was pumping gas on the passenger side of his Range Rover when someone reportedly jumped in the running automobile and sped away. Fortunately, the don't matter. I, I mean, Akon. Akon and young Jesus. I guess, you know what? In the spirit of these stories, man, I feel like I discovered Akon and T-Pain around the same time because they came on the scene about the same time. I dropped some Akon as well right after that T-Pain. A celebrity car, <laughs> his theft came uh, just a day after Atlanta City Councilwoman's Natalyn Archibong proposed requiring city gas stations to equip all of their pumps with continuous security cameras to deter auto theft. Why? Why are y'all leaving your keys in your car? 
And why was this car on? I have so many questions. With your auto start, you know what? Maybe the key was in his pocket and he just pushed it. <sighs> Purveyors would also need to install an emergency backup camera system per the proposed legislation. Uh, Councilwoman Archibong says that a grand theft auto is a common occurrence. It is not an anomaly. It is a significant enough crime and a consistent enough crime that it warrants intervention. And in light of this shocking crime, police are reminding drivers not to leave their vehicles running while pumping gas. They also urge anyone with information on Akon's car to call the Atlanta Police Department. Now the car's been recovered, but if you know anything about it, um, if you didn't know, Akon's real name is Aluane Damala Badara Akon Thiam. All right. So, um, he also talked about being locked up, and I got that coming up <laughs> as well. This, 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 this hour is getting crazy. All right, back to Muted Nation. Y'all know that Taraji P Henson uh, meme where she like, you can't see my face right now. I wish I was live on camera, but she like, nigga, please, you know, you know this. Type in Taraji P. Henson, nigga, please meme. All right. I'm sure that it's there. Uh, this is why I, I tried to save this to the end. Um, let's talk about our woke allies for a moment. I wanted to get to Nicole Hannah Jones. I don't see that happening today, but, um, listen, um, I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read the introductory paragraph of what Michael Harriet had to say. You can read this article at theroot.com, but, uh, and, and then I'm, I'm gonna give my thoughts. He says, my, this is Michael Harriet. When the country collectively witnessed the brutal May 25th, that's one year ago today, death of George Floyd, white people were forever changed. Millions took to the streets, arm in arm with their fellow brethren, offering their support for justice and equality. Corporations changed their policies. Individuals joined the movement. To prove their commitment, companies pledged billions to the struggle for racial equality. This multiracial outpouring of sympathy and solidarity transformed the country. And then white people went home and kept being white. He says it's a harsh realization and not an opinion of a factual statement. This information from the creative investments research. Uh, he says that they were lying like I'm up, but you know, I, I, and there's no argument that white people like to say they like to be feel a part of a, remember when I told you last year on this show you remember you remember if you don't you can go find that podcast from May 26th and 27th and 28th and all through June I was mad for three months okay and I'm getting mad right now as I'm talking about it white people love a cause okay Americans love a cause but white people specifically love a cause right so if you look at what happened last year and everything turned black and all these corporations put fists into their logos and shit like that the, you go the year before it was the same thing with pride the most homophobic <laughs> anti-gay corporations literally changed their logos to rainbows so this year I wonder what's going to it's probably just going to be Asian uh, you know what I don't even want to know what America's going to do American corporations pledged to spend 50 billion dollars on racial equity since Floyd's murder uh, this from the Financial Times. A point, unfortunately, only 250 million of that 550 billion has actually been spent or committed to a specific initiative, according to an analysis by the research consulting firm, the Financial Times. Like, like, 
I'm sorry, creative investments research. So, and some transcripts from investor meetings, uh, Centeo, uh, noticed an increase in mentions of systemic racism and Black Lives Matter. Um, however, everything's returned to normal. Um, America's largest companies didn't even bother to look at the disparities, disparities in how they paid people of different races. This also interesting. Recent polling numbers show that support for Black Lives Matter has severely declined. Uh, despite the litany of evidence, a May 21st PBS NewsHour Marist poll insinuates that most white people still don't believe black people are treated differently by law enforcement officers. But when, when analysts examine the data, um, this is crazy to me. Did you hear that? Most white people still don't believe black people are treated differently by law enforcement officers. But when analysts examine the data, it shows that ethnic minority support for the movement and for other other key indicators for racial justice are higher than they were before George Floyd's death. Remember when I told you at the beginning of the show today that what George Floyd did was wake black people up to what that was going on, right? We knew it was happening. We didn't know how. We didn't know that we could bring awareness. We brought, uh, it looked like we brought awareness to everybody. We, we, we brought awareness to ourselves. White people's support has declined to levels lower than they were a year ago. I can't say that any louder. Do you want me to say it louder? Because I can. White people's support has declined to levels lower than they were a year ago. This from the New York Times. After Mr. Floyd's death, Republicans reported much stronger support for Black Lives Matter than they had earlier in 2020 for a party which is often characterized by its racial insensitivity uh, and antagonism toward racial minorities. This increase in support was striking, but perhaps even more striking is its rapid decline. When you look at data that shows the support for Black Lives Matter following Mr. Floyd's, well, you know what? We can't, we gotta let it slide because we was burning up shit. No, no, we weren't. We weren't. There were white people at Black Lives Matter. <laughs> black people don't burn shit up, right? We may break shit. We may have, and, and some, in certain cases, yes. St. Louis Ferguson, absolutely. They torched that police station. There were certain things that I know that black people did. Then I also know that occupying, like, we, we don't just sit outside buildings and try to take shit over, right? Unless we're provoked or it, like, it's just not what we do. It's just not. It's just like hanging from trees. We don't do that. So when there is like, all, all, uh, uh, out of all of the research and experience you have as a detective, you're gonna come back to black people and tell them that this black man hang him, hung himself, this black man, black woman. It's been at least 10 over the last year committed suicide by hanging themselves from a tree. Hanging is already one of those things that like, oh, he just hanged himself. That's really not a really, it's just really not us. But hanging ourselves from a tree in this country? Baby, no. That is a lynching. And you can't convince me of otherwise. Alright? The movement among Republicans and white Americans helps us understand why aggregate support for Black Lives Matter has waned since last summer. In both cases, the deterioration in support is noteworthy because we did not, uh, we do not merely observe a return to pre-Floyd opinion levels. Um, rather, since last summer, Republicans and white people have actually become less supportive of Black Lives Matter than they were before the death of George Floyd. A trend that seems unlikely to reverse anytime soon. 
But let me remind you, because they get loud, you know how they get real loud, they get real, 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 real loud about MLK, or they try to correct black people on being peaceful during a process when he was nonviolent. He say shit about peace, but the white people are the first ones to remind us what Martin Luther King said. But the majority of white America opposed the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King. They've never really been on this bandwagon, all right? White people hopped on the bandwagon when systemic racism was trending because they like a cause. They like a trend. They like to feel included and hopped back off when they realized they were actually going to have to do something. It's not on us. And I don't know. I, I'm getting all loud and I'm about to be out of time. But I like I, I, I literally you can find multiple. I don't know. Segments. I've been on shows. I've been on my shows. Other people's shows. I've been behind a mic behind a camera. Racism is not a black problem. But when white people have to be responsible for said racism, they want nothing to do with it. So it's like, well, well you guys are killing each other. Well, no. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Like, white people love black people. They love, you know, our food. They love to butcher, you know, our music. But, I mean... Of course, this is not all white people. That's my disclaimer. I don't have a legal note. All right, that's that's what's happening. That's what's going on. That's what you saw. That's what we heard. This is your those woke white allies were lying. Okay, and I'm. You could be surprised about it. I'm not. I'm not even going to sit here and act like I, I was. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm gonna just say this. Get out there and do the damn work. I don't know if I had time for this one, but it looks like I do. Now this one, uh, I'm gonna get in trouble, but I, I I gotta get this one in here. Um, your your homie, the dude, you know, again, I'm sorry, I just pushed y'all off about white people, but this one falls right into that category. Dylan Roof is seeking to get his conviction overturned. This one from Black News Alerts, the. According to the New York Daily News, Roof's lawyers have requested that his sentence be suspended until a proper competency evaluation can be performed. The federal trial that resulted in his death sentence departed so far from the standard required when the government seeks the ultimate price that it cannot be affirmed, they wrote, arguing that their client's mental illness should have stopped him from being sent to federal death row and working as his own lawyer during a part of the trial. Back in 2015, Roof entered Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina and opened fire on several black parishioners who were conducting Bible study. He fatally shot nine members of the congregation. Yet y'all are saying that this man's mental state and capacity prevents him from being on, like, get the, get the, get out of here. Felicia Sanders, the survivor of the shooting, testified in court that she told her granddaughter to play dead as the gunshots rang out. I could feel the warm blood flowing on each side of me. I was just waiting on my turn. Even if I got shot, I didn't want my granddaughter to get shot. During the shooting, Ruth told the victims that he was killing them because black people are raping our women and taking over the world. In 2016, Ruth was subsequently found guilty on 33 counts, including hate crimes resulting in death and obstruction of exercise of religion resulting in death. A few months later, he was sentenced in death, becoming the first person in the U.S. to be added to death row for a federal hate crime. Uh, in 2017, he pleaded guilty to all state charges, including nine counts of murder and three counts of attempted murder. Guilty! 
Oral arguments for Ruth's appeal are set for Tuesday, May 25th and will be conducted before a three-judge panel of the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, listen to me. If I, if I had time to find my reporting on that, I, I would not be able to play it because even though I can cuss on this show, I can't say what I said on that day and the subsequent sequent days after that. that the get you, Dylan Ruth, get the hell out of here. All right. Um... We're almost out of time. More of the nation. <laughs> Keep it locked. Stay with me. Boss FM. You wouldn't believe it. And I don't either, but our time has come to a close. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all we got for today. All right. The nation continues. Uh, you know, I'm here Monday through Friday. Most times. Okay. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Monday through Friday. If I'm not here live, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and on your podcast on demand whenever you want it. Unmuted Nation, make sure you search it, make sure you share it, make sure you get into it. All right. Unmutednation.com, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. I'm back with you tomorrow with more of the nation. Remember, today is greater. Believe it, speak it, and live it. You have to make uh, the choice to be great. Your situation is not your destination. So go on somewhere and make it your motivation. I'm I'm, going to leave you. You know, I say that every damn day. And I'm always going to continue to say it. But I want to leave you uh, with a quote from Malcolm X that I woke up with it on my own. You know how you wake up with something on your spirit? It was on my (laughs) It was on my spirit this morning. If you're not ready to die for it, put the word freedom out of your vocabulary. That's our brother, Malcolm X. Listen, I love you. I'm back tomorrow. Keep a like here to Boss FM. Talk to you in our one for more continuous black news. Only on Boss Unmuted Nation and the Unmuted Nation podcast are registered trademarks. Each show is broadcast and powered by Boss FM. For more information on the show, podcast, or advertising, email show at unmutednation.com.